Praise and Worship is a community of people in Branson, Missouri, who are gathering, growing, being encouraged, and sharing with others the love and hope of Jesus. Learn more online at branson.church. Last week, we were, we were in crisis. We were in the crisis situation that Naomi and her husband Elimelech went to Moab, which would be, we, we use the example, and it's not, it's, not, it's not wrong to use this example. Given our c- current headlines, it would be like Americans going and living in Iran, right? That's what it would be like if you went to live in Moab as an Israelite. And so people are not going to welcome you. You're not going to be highly esteemed. You are going to be treated very poorly if you can survive at all, right? That's what their life was like in Moab. And yet the Lord was with them enough that um, Naomi and Elimelech's sons were able to get married and they lived there for quite a period of time, more than 10 years. And so then all of the men died. Oh, wow, that's great. And so Naomi is feeling this bitterness. She says to even call her bitter. Don't call her Naomi, which means pleasant. Call her bitter. And they're back at Bethlehem because she had heard that the Lord had, brought, had released the famine and had brought food to the people of Bethlehem. And it's interesting because we're in this prequel time period, long before the time of King David, long before, much longer before the time of Jesus, the true king. And so we're in this time, we're in this place of, of Ruth in Bethlehem, and now it's barley season, the barley festivals, the harvest time is happening, so she is out working in the field. All of that is interesting, Mark. What does any of it have to do with us here today? This is, this is what I want us to ask the question. And, I, and we asked, I asked this question last week, and I'm going to ask it again each of the weeks. Where have you seen God working in your life? And there's kind of generally I hear two answers. And, you know, there's maybe you're somewhere in between these two answers is, you know, we said, well, one answer is, well, if he's into train wrecks, then it's going great. I can see his hand all over the place, right? Some of our lives feel like train wrecks or we've had terrible things happen and we don't understand. We can't explain it. We, why is it like this? Meanwhile, on the other side, you know, you might be like, man, our life is filled with blessing and I see his hand. The farther back I look, the more I see his hand working right? And, and wherever you're at along that scale, the, the reality is, I want you to ponder what we learned last week, which is Naomi and Elimelech went to Moab. Everything was destroyed in terms of their lives. Naomi came back with Ruth, her one daughter-in-law who was willing to come with her. They had nothing. And yet, through these circumstances, God would work so that Ruth and Boaz would get together. We saw the beginnings of that today. They would get together and they would have a child who would have a child who would have a child who was King David, who another 28 generations later, King Jesus would be born. You see what we're doing with Epiphany today. The light shines through. Because the reality is Naomi could never have seen that. Unless some angel came by one day in the, in the fields and like, hey Naomi, Naomi I don't, you may not believe this, but this is how it's going to go. Most of the time, they didn't know that. Most of the time, humans in this world have no idea of God's plan, of how things work. And we experience things, and we often say to him, why? And he stands there like he did for Job, and he's like, you wouldn't even understand. You know, he tells Job, Stand there and take it like a man. Where were you when I built the entire universe? 
Where were you when I stretched out the measurements between here and the other side of the universe? Where, were you able to be there when I like, was fitting everything together and the, the song of the stars was being sung? Yeah, I didn't think so. So you're probably not gonna understand. And so the great terrible answer, a lot of people will call me and they'll text me and they'll be like, Mark, this terrible thing happened, why did it happen? And I have to go, no clue. I don't have the answer. And even if I did, which I wouldn't be able to, but even if somehow God gave me a miracle and I did, I, if, even if I told you, you probably wouldn't agree with it or understand it, neither would I. We saw last week, Naomi didn't know everything. And yet these things are unfolding in her midst. They're unfolding in your midst. Take a look at verse two. We're gonna put these on the screen and zoom in on them because I want you to see that there's some no such things today. And the first one we have to see is that there's no such thing as unworthy. A lot of people will think, if I'm a good person, God will treat me well. And if I'm a bad person, God will treat me poorly. We were joking today, uh, Patty and I were joking today, you know, the Chiefs are having a very important playoff game. And, and she was like, we got to do everything right today, Pastor, because, you know, we got you know, to make sure everything, well, you know, don't worry. There's no curse because well, blessings are bigger than curses. And we don't have to worry about anything. And even if things, bad things happen, it, we don't understand what is bad and good. What we're called to do is to trust that God is good. That's what we're called to trust in. And so don't worry, I think, I think it'll be okay today. But the point being, the point being, we have Patrick Mahomes, I think that's a great blessing. But the point being is this, it's, it's very important to see this. No matter what happens, don't think you're unworthy. Please read, look at these words with me. As Ru, and Ruth, the Moabitess, which the, we saw the author of Ruth made sure to include that many, many times, all in these short paragraphs kept calling her the Moabitess, the Moabitess, the Moabitess. Don't forget, she's an outsider, a foreigner. She's from a foreign land with foreign gods. She has nothing to offer. She is, as they would have called her, a goy, a, an outsider a, and from the goyim, the, the Gentiles, right? Let me go to this. So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. She's just hoping to be able to, make her way in the universe here. Just hoping. I want you to know that when you are trying to figure out how to navigate your life, do not navigate with, well, I'm not worthy, or God's ticked at me, or things are going bad, so dot, dot, dot. Because my Uncle Marty would have called that a theology of glory, where we try to think we are in a position to understand. Instead, he wants, what, what all of this is designed to do, and this is what epiphany is all about, is to get us to go to the cross. We, go, we start at the manger, yes, but we go eventually to the cross. Because I want you to go to the cross on the Friday, not on Sunday, on Friday. And, I want you, and you don't know what's coming on Sunday, and how could we ever call the cross good? How could we ever do that? And now we call that day, what do we call that day? Good Friday. <laughs> it was good. Because that day, as it was unfolding, nobody thought it was. And that's the ultimate answer to this question is how do I know what God is doing? The answer is we don't. The question is do we trust him? She's like, I'm just gonna try to do it. I don't know if I can do it. She's a Moabitess. She has nothing to offer. Take a look at verse three. The other thing that we tend to do is we make up words like luck and fate and chance 
and probability, and I know, I understand there's a probability science, that's a completely different thing, that's based on other things, but even there you could get into some dicey things. Um, the point is this, notice dicey, there's another word, right? It's this, it, we, we don't, when we look at the world as it unfolds and we don't understand how it happens, we're like, that's a fluke. That's a weird twist of fate. There's no such thing as luck. So she, that is Ruth, went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters, and there's that phrase, as it turned out. Now let's just, let's just do a little uh, kind of sci-fi what if here, you know, where you're, like if you could go back in a time machine and observe this moment. This is one of those moments where the whole universe holds in the balance. Because remember, Ruth's great-grandbaby is going to be David, from whom the Messiah would come and save everyone in this room. So if we were there, if we were there in the time machine and we could like peer out and, you know, have a little cloaked vessel and we're looking at it and we're like, is she going to go to this field or that field? Because if she takes the left turn and goes to Boaz's field, and I'm just saying that because I'm left-handed, left-handers rule. So if she was just, she went to the left field and went to Boaz's, right, then the universe and all of us are saved. If she goes to the right-hand field where it's not Boaz's and who knows what happens to her there, the universe is lost. And you might be thinking, well, the Lord would have come up with another plan. Maybe so. But the point is this phrase, as it turned out. See, God is working in the circumstances of our daily lives, even though none of us can understand it. And if we tried to, we wouldn't, couldn't. But we have to trust him. Have you, can you look back in your life and look for those days where, as it turned out, if you went left, it's completely different. If you went right, it's completely different. You know, this moment where it's just like, if I had taken that job, I would never have met my spouse. And, or if I had gone this direction, I would have never understood or learned these lessons. Guys, I've, I've told the story here, but, and I'm going to just tell you a 10-second version, but it, my year of 1999, if I didn't have that, which was my worst year of my life, I couldn't be standing here telling you this story. I couldn't be. And yet the Lord saw fit to carry that through me in my life, to carry me through that. You could probably look back in your life and see these terrible, hideous moments. But you're like, but if I didn't have that, I wouldn't understand how to do what he's called me to do now. And so then you sit there and think, well, if things aren't going good, then God's mad at me. Mm -mm, mm -mm. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. There is no such thing as luck. The next time somebody comes to you and says, what's your lucky number? What's your horoscope? <laughs> what, are, what are all these, these things that people make up to try to deal with the, the randomness and yet the order of the universe, which is this conundrum and mystery that everything seems random and yet is not. We have free will and yet we don't. You know, you're just like, everybody's like, wait, we don't? We're Americans, we have free will. Yeah, we already dealt with that earlier. Remember that stuff where the good that I wanna do, that I don't do? Why is that? What's the problem there? Because I always tell people, look, if you think you have free will, just stop sinning. Try it, see how that goes. I've tried many times and my weight loss plan has yet to be fully effective. The point is this, we trust God no matter what we choose, no matter what we fail to choose. Take a look at Ruth 2 verse 12 because there's also no such thing as empty words. There's no such thing as empty words. When you tell somebody something, it, it, God uses that, right? Look at what Boaz said. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come 
to take refuge. I want you to think about what Boaz said here in the context of where we sit more than 3,000 or more than 2,500 years later. It was just amazing. I mean, do you kind of think his blessing came true? Because Ruth became the great grandmother of David, who is the great, 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 great grandfather of Jesus and who is the savior of the universe. I want you to see this perspective. When Boaz gave her this blessing, the Lord honored it. In your life, when you're dealing with situations and circumstances, if you're like me, what will happen is your emotions will bubble up in your heart and words will fly out that you wish you could take back, right? Is this ever, am I the only one that this happens to? I'm betting that's not. So you're like, but once they go out, you can't get them back, right? There's no such thing as empty words, but the thing is, is like, here's the thing. If I, if I fly off the handle and I give you the bleep, 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 and then you're like, oh, but then if I come back and say, look, please forgive me. That was my temper, and yes, I'm responsible for my actions, but please forgive me. Please forgive me. What will this do in your homes? I mean, you guys know the answer to this. You've, you've had the times when you didn't forgive one another. You've had the times when you did. You know how this works. There's no such thing as empty words, and if you can't agree on something, then go to God together and receive his empty words where he says, I love you. I forgive you. I'm here to give you shalom, to restore, to give you peace, right? This is what God is here for. Do like Boaz told Ruth. Go to him and take refuge. And so that way, whatever words have flown out, whether they be beautiful and wonderful or not, (laughs) that you would hear his words. Isaiah chapter 55, where he says, "My my word goes out and accomplishes the purpose for which I have sent it. It will not return to me empty. Take a look at verses five, 2 and 4 from Romans chapter 5. We're switching gears here, but I want you to see this. Because here we have, like we said, many hundreds of years later when the Paul is writing again, having met the risen Jesus, wanting everyone to know him, and wanting to tell the story of Jesus and let us participate in his kingdom. He says, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings. And I put that in a dark color because we're like, whoa. You know, it's like in the olden days, the kids won't get this, but you're like, what are you talking about, Willis? I mean, that's what we would have said. You know, this, we're, no, we're, rejoice in your sufferings? We ought to put that on our, when we finish the building, we have a sign, just put that, in. come rejoice in your sufferings with us. You know, everybody's like, I ain't going to that church. Right, but this is, the God, this is God's call in our lives. How often, this is my challenge to you, how often have you thought about this? Now guys, I'm not gonna sit here and say, hey, I'm Mark and I rejoice in my sufferings. No, I don't. Whenever I suffer, I'm like, Lord, please stop the suffering. That's what my prayers are. And we, they should continue to be. But nonetheless, don't think he's mad at you when you're in them. Most of our sufferings, if not all, and, and again, no, I'm not going to say all, because that's, again, that's theology glory. We can't understand everything. But mo- many of our sufferings are given to us by God, and it's hard to understand, by God so that we would grow in faith. And that is something, like, even now I'm thinking, oh, I'm pretty sure I just lost half the people in this room. They're like, yep, I'm checked out. I don't want to hear that. But I want, you to, I want you to hear God's word. I want you to let, these words are not empty. Because look at what happens. Look at what suffering does. Please don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying God is evil. Are you kidding me? In him there is no light, 1 John chapter 1. In him there is no darkness. He is the light. He's the source of the light, the light that was to come into the world, the light that gives life to all humans. 
And look what his light does in us. We know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And then he goes on to say, well, who hopes for something that he already has, right? Well, we don't have what we want. That's why we're all suffering. No one in this room has everything they want. We, some of us might be like, Mark, bring, things are pretty good right now. Praise God. And I, I'm with you there. But at the same time, no matter where we're at in life, take this walk of trusting God no matter what the circumstances are. And when they're poor, say, okay, Lord, I guess I'm supposed to rejoice right now. That's what you told me to do, but I'm not feeling like it. Be honest with him about that. And when you're in the middle of that, trust in him that he will produce these things in you. Our last passage is from verse 5. Because there's no such thing as hopelessness. I'm, I didn't even mention that suffering, sometimes we think is failure, and sometimes I think he thinks it's success. But now we have no such thing as hopelessness. For those of us who, who believe in Christ, we never have hopelessness. Because look at what he says. He goes, hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who he's given to us. And may I just change that us into a you. He has given the Holy Spirit to you. He has breathed on you. He has buried you in baptism with Jesus. And he has raised you to new life with Jesus. And you were united with him in his resurrection forever and ever and ever. Things can feel hopeless. Things can be very rough. Just ask Naomi. She said, call me bitter. Don't call me pleasant. For the Lord has afflicted me. Those are honest feelings that she gave us last week. When you feel those feelings, I want you to go back to him and say, pour out your spirit because right now I'm not feeling it. And he will. This is the crazy thing. He will. So right now, that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray and we're going to ask him because there are people in this room that are like, eh, I'm not tracking with you. Don't track with me. Track with him. Please pray. Father in heaven, we call out your, your name right now. And we pray for you to pour out your spirit. For each of us, wherever there is this feeling of being unworthy, wherever there's this feeling of being unlucky, wherever there's this feeling of having words that have fallen and are sounded empty, for wherever there's this feeling of failure, for wherever we have this feeling of hopelessness, give us faith to put our trust in your goodness, in your faithfulness, in your promises, not in ours, in yours. And Lord, I pray that you would set us free from the brokenness of this world so that we could grow and walk with you new every day. We ask these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.